Welcome to It's All Journalism. This is a special edition in which um, Amber Healy, that's me, one of our producers, is going to be interviewing our fearless leader, Mike O'Connell, about what's become sort of a passion project for him. Um, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing okay. Thank you for volunteering to do this. Happy to help you whenever I can. Okay. So we're here to talk about your podcast series with uh, Street Sense, which I did not realize it had become such a large enterprise in D.C. It's been a few years since I left. And I remember this as a periodical, as a monthly, I think it was at the time, newspaper that was handed out, distributed throughout the city. Yeah, by, by the homeless men and women who live in D.C. And um, yeah, actually, when I first joined them or connected with them, they were doing the releasing editions uh, biweekly and recently uh, they got a grant that's allowed them to publish weekly. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I remember, being, I remember some of the, the vendors, uh, as you refer to them, who would stand out at like metro stations and what have you outside of parks. Some of them would like sing little songs and they were really engaging people who were out there getting yeah. attention for the publication, but also just they were part of, they were part of the landscape in the best way. Like you knew where certain people would be and that you would get, you know, maybe a story with your paper when you picked it up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's actually, for me, that was one of my first sort of exposure to it. And, uh, you know, Eric Falcaro was, who's the editor of the paper was on our podcast a while ago. And, um, you know, and I interviewed him and a, and a couple of other people about this sort of annual or annual project that they have, uh, in DC where a bunch of the local focused um, news organizations uh, devote an issue, you know, a day of their coverage to uh, homeless issues. And so I interviewed the three of them about that way back at WAMU studios. And then uh, Eric reached out to me about a year and a half ago and said, Hey, we'd be interested in a podcast. Is this something you might be interested in doing? And so you know, I went and actually it was probably even closer to two years ago now that I think about it. But uh, yeah, I went I went in and talked to about it. We we sort of went back and forth. I learned a bit more, a lot more about Street Sense and, and kind of what they do and what their mission is and pitched them a podcast. And then I uh, was, was in the process of, of like putting the final t uh, pieces together. And then I got hired by Patch, and sort of all my efforts got pushed towards that. And sort of at the moment when I sold the idea to Patch that, hey, this is something I want to do, and we could sort of link it up with my work at Patch because I was covering parts of Washington, D.C. at the time, uh, the pandemic hit, and that kind of threw everything you know, out of whack. Threw everything out of whack everywhere for all the yeah. possible reasons, and all good efforts went by the wayside. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh for sure. But... You know, I sort of kept the dialogue going on with with Eric and, you know, I worked with my boss, um, Deb Belt at um, at Patch. And, you know, I talked to her about the project and uh, the people in, in the company, the the higher editors, you know, they also uh, thought this was a good idea. And it was a way to create content uh, about a certain part of the D.C. community. And so they agreed, you know, to to, let, to allow me to have some time to go during my week to, you know, meet with the vendors, interview with them, talk to them about, uh, you know, their lives and the experiences that they had. And so my bosses were very patient, very um, supportive uh, about this project and a lot, you know, gave me just a lot of leeway to, you know, basically I was 
you know, I was gone for most <laughs> like Tuesday, Tuesday morning until like early afternoon. I was down in DC and not necessarily spending all that time doing interviewing, but just, you know, the commute to get down there and get back. And, you know, this is during the pandemic. This is also during the election. And, you know, there were weeks when I couldn't go down there between, you know, well, actually leading up to the election and then leading up to the to the inauguration. I wasn't able to go down there for several weeks because of how crazy it was. Their their offices are in a church about three blocks away from the White House. So as you can imagine, there were a lot of things going on in that, in that neighborhood in November, December, January time frame. Yeah, that, that actually affected a lot of the um, the vendors as well. So it it started from this this conversation a few years ago and became it looks if you go on the website and you look on the patch website you see links to your podcast series there it seems like it's become a real collaboration partnership I don't want to overstep but there seems to be support for this endeavor with your full time job so to speak oh yeah oh yeah no they've been they've been very pleased with it one of the things about doing this project was you know. You know, I've done this podcast, and I've and I've worked in various other capacities and other podcasts. And the, and the tricky thing is, really, it comes down to marketing. You know, how are you going to push out your podcast? And so, early on, I thought that if I got Patch involved, there was the appeal to certainly for the Street Sense people that here's a here's a publication, quote unquote, publication that has outlets across the country, and that they would be able to share this in their national coverage. And so that's kind of one of the things that's happened. So we, you know, we're able to push it out every week to readers outside of the Washington DC area readers listen you know listeners to the podcast and so we have that platform and then we also sort of look for other opportunities for us to uh, you know get it in other news outlets uh, i reached out to my former employers at um, federal news network uh, which is partnered with uh, wtop and talked to an old boss of mine about this they have a they have an app podcast dc that they agreed to to put the put the podcast up on the app, so I mean it's there as well. And uh, we reached out to WAMU because Street Sense had a uh, relationship with them, and uh, you know they interviewed me and one of the vendors uh, on a recent um, afternoon show, and you know they shared our links on the on the website. So that's one of the things with podcasts that, and one of the reasons I kind of want to have this conversation is you know these are all the sort of things that you don't think about when you do one of these special projects, but. You, you want to try to have as much, you know, bang for the buck as you can. And then and this also explains why you're not talking because it's like, well, you know, I have access to a certain forum here. People might be interested in how you go about creating something like this and, uh, you know, sort of pushing it out. This run of the podcast, of the Street Sense podcast, it's five episodes and you have, is it five or are there more it's it's six. I I just finished editing the the final episode, and that'll be posted Tuesday after the Fourth of July. We're dropping this, I think, either Sunday or Monday, and there'll be a link in the text that that accompanies this. But people can find it, you know, on on pretty much, you know, they they can find it on Apple uh, Podcasts. They can also find it on the Podcast DC app and Pod Podbean, is our audio server. And, you know, go to the streetsensemedia.org website or, or patch and look for our podcast. And, you know, that's where they can kind of find the episodes. And, and the name of the podcast It's All Journalism. Is. is look at this, which is actually, <laughs> upon reflection, should should be listen to this. You, you know, <laughs> you go into these things with, with sort of a plan. And then once you're in them, you realize your plan isn't going to work. 
And so one of the early things that we discussed was, especially when we actually were going to sit down and say, okay, we need to start recording this stuff and we need to start thinking about, you know, an introduction and a name. And so we, you know, we talked a bit about different types of names and and we sort of batted things around. And, And one of the, the podcasters, Dante, I can't remember his last name, but he, he just said, how about look at this? And I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I did not hate it. I actually thought, okay, this is kind of interesting. Uh, despite the fact that, you know, this is audio as opposed to, but I, I think it kind of spoke to the sort of the spontaneity of it, of look at this because yeah, look at this. This is, you know, this is something different. So, so yes, that's, it's, Look at this! Look at this! The Street Sense Media podcast. I think it also speaks intentionally or unintentionally to the people that you're interviewing. These are people who are out in the community. They are out in the world. Yeah. They're asking you to look at not just the paper that they're selling, but them. And you're telling their, you're letting them tell their stories. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. You start a process, you know, a project like this with kind of these lofty goals and you know one of those lofty goals was well i want to give you know i want to give voice to this population so that we can sort of show what they had to say but and it really didn't dawn on me until the last few months that really at the end of the day it didn't really kind of matter what my plan was or what structure i was trying to create it really was all about giving them the opportunity to to say something and to be heard and at the end, that that's really, I think, you know, I think this is some of the best stuff that I've I've done, certainly in podcasting. But I think, you know, certainly the most rewarding stuff that I've done as a journalist, and, and part of it because, you know, despite the fact that I'm I'm there as the host, as the traffic cop, I, I try to get out of the way as much as I can, because I, and, and it's so funny because at the very beginning, this was sort of the thinking is, well, we need, I want to, you know, want to give these people their voice, blah, 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 blah. But it was all, you know, it's not me giving it to them. It's just me being a vessel with which they could express themselves. And so from a journalist standpoint, it's, it's very kind of different than the type of podcast you would do. You know, you normally hear where you would, you come in there with a story idea. Okay. Homeless population. There are, you know, 80 million, you know, homeless or low income people around the country, you know, talk to a, you know, talk to this expert, talk to this expert, talk to the person on the street about how they're sort of affected about it. And that really is not what this is about. I'm trying to, what I was trying to do was take advantage of the power of personal audio where, as a journalist, as a you know, quote unquote broadcaster, as a podcaster, to get out of the way as much as possible of the of the people who are speaking, and just sort of provide them the ability to to be heard. And what was funny is, is that I don't I think I probably failed at some level in teaching them to podcast, which was what I was sort of charged to do and what I sort of set out to do. And actually, I became more of just sort of a a facilitator. And I explained a lot of the things we're doing, and we talked a lot about interviewing and everything, but it was really much more creating opportunities for people to come in and just, this is what's on my mind, this is the experience that I'm having, and I I want somebody to know about it. And, you know, I did one of the episodes, um, it was about a woman who's a, a, a tent facilitator. She helps people put up tents. And she she would just drop in every once in a while and she just wanted to be interviewed. She just wanted to talk about something. It's something I, th- I think I thought a lot more and more about 
later in my career is this idea of when you're going out to cover something is is don't go in with so much of a preconception that you know find out what what your sources say and what what's actually the story and so it's less of a less of a constructing something and more of sort of opening up and letting things happen and, and sort of making that experience available and so. how many times have we heard from our guests to let the people in the story tell the story to not yeah. go in and try to shape it into something that it's not or what we think it is let the experts and i lowercase e experts the people who are living this topic be the ones to navigate the story and to and to make it what it is because it's their story we're just sharing it yeah because you know Homelessness is a, is a, is a very complex issue. It, it it touches on so many different things, not the least of which is racism. Well, is racism not the least of which is classism, capitalism built to sort of work against other people. I mean, there's just so many. You you could go down so many routes and tell those different types of stories. But at the end of the day, I think what's impactful to people is when they hear another voice that they don't get the opportunity to hear. So. Tell me how you found the people that were interviewed for these six episodes. Were they assigned to you? Did they volunteer? Did you have to, was it hard to find people who were willing to talk and share their stories? You know, it, it was, it was really whoever showed up that week. And it took me a while because I was expecting, you know, bang, I'm going to be out of here. Six episodes, I'll be, I'll be out of here in six weeks. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it took me about three weeks to realize, okay, I'm just going to have to need, I'm just going to have to commit to stay here as long as I think it is necessary to stay here to get the content that I need. Because part of it is I'm trying to explain podcasts to people who don't listen to podcasts or who have a vague idea that has something like a radio show. And I'm trying to get them to open up and talk about things that they might be interested in talking about. A lot of people just didn't, weren't interested in talking. Others were very chatty you know, on lots of different subjects, but eventually the more, you know, the more I showed up and, and more of the same sort of people came in, then we began to have some more, more complex conversations. And, you know, I learned a, bit, a little bit more about their lives and, and sort of began to understand some of the things that they were experiencing. And so based, you know, week in and week out, I would sort of build on what I had heard and recall things from previous conversations so that I was able to prompt them and, and ask them follow-up questions and things like that. So, I mean, if there's a, in a sense that there's a structure, it's more a matter of just gathering as much information as you can and just having these conversations and, and hoping that at some point they're going to formulate into something that's something like a, a podcast episode. If you listen to the six episodes, they're all a little structurally different up until about episode three. I think episode three is when I kind of figured things out, uh, but those first two episodes first two and a half episodes i i was really kind of struggling to to figure out okay how am i going to make this the first one the first one sound is, is the closest to my original concept of what the podcast was going to be which was going to be a variety of voices talking around talking around a different topic each episode was going to focus on you know housing or or you know how where do you get food or you know what do you do you know if you need to get health care or whatever you know those are my outside topics that I'm trying to impose on them. Uh, they wanted to talk about other things. And so I, I just needed to be there to listen to them and give them the opportunity to speak. And some of them were very quick at doing it and others, it just took them time. And there were some who just never 
wanted to talk on mic, mm-hmm. but they came every week. And, and the other thing is, this is the this is the dirty little secret behind all of this that I, I probably shouldn't tell. But uh, you know, um, they they make money by selling papers, and they purchase the papers for a certain amount, and then they there are suggested donations for the papers when they go out onto the streets and they, they meet people and, and um, you know, this is suggested donation. You can give me this much, this paper, whatever. And so they get the donations, they get to keep some of it. They, so they, they finance the paper by buying the paper at a lower rate. One of the things that they do to encourage people to go to the classes that they offer is they give them uh, a set number of papers if they show up. So some of the people who didn't talk a lot, we're really kind of only there to get papers, but there are other people who did come with that sort of same intention, but they became involved in the conversations and they became some of the most interesting people I spoke to. Yeah. Again, I say it's a dirty little secret. It's not the, I mean, that's just the way the practicality of what they're doing. And the other thing I should, I should mention is that street sense street sense media is a, is a wonderful organization. It's not, they're just not helping these vendors earn money by selling papers or actually, you know, providing them with some uh, counseling or well, not counseling, it's um, like a social worker who who's, who's able to help them, to, you know, get medical support, help them with their paperwork so that they can apply for housing. Um, classes like mine uh, are opportunities for some of them to pick up skills that they can use to get a job. But I think, and, and you hear this in some of the the podcast episodes, I think that a lot of a lot of these times, these these classes they t- take are also a lot about self-esteem and empowerment. You know, learning that there are people who want to help you, learning not just give you something, but that they want to help you succeed and find a path to to have a successful life. The episodes that work really well are the ones where where people are very open and honest about what they're experiencing in their life, and, and they have a, had a genuine interest in speaking and saying this is this is what this is what i want to say uh the the woman who's the tenter she had a a friend who who stayed with her who died in her tent and she talks about that experience i mean she came in to talk about that she came in to talk about how her her bike was stolen and and what, what impact that had on her life the story is from from her level it's from her perspective and so i just kind of organize it a little bit and know and present it but it's really about providing that opportunity for you know people who don't people who don't get a chance to express themselves or talk or be heard to to do that how much do you think their willingness to open up correlates to the trust that you earned by showing up and being there week after week I, I well, I think that certainly that must have been part of it some of the people that develop really good relationships with and you know, we joked a lot. We we try to have fun. I try to make it as interesting as you can. They were all kind of fascinated with my ability to interview people, and I don't <laughs> and I don't mean that in a, in a, any type of egotistical way. It's if you're a journalist, you you develop that you develop that muscle. You you know, you're listening to somebody and they say something, and you go, oh, well, what is that? Because you start putting things together. So they were fascinated by the fact that. If I sat down and I started talking to somebody, I could just get them to open up and talk about all different types of things in just a few minutes. And I explained that it's not that hard. It's it's just practice. It's the um, job. Yeah, it's the job. And I, I think that also made it made it clear that I 
I wasn't there to take something from them or take advantage of them. I think, uh, yeah, I, I sort of felt that, that, that I would uh, I'd sort of gain that level of trust. And these are very trusting people. These are very good people. Um, I didn't have a, a negative experience with a single person there. The hardest thing was dealing with COVID and um, not being able to go down there for probably about a period of four or five weeks, you know, sort of broken up. Because they closed down, you know, they closed down the city around the White House for for weeks. You couldn't get access to it. I suppose I could have taken the metro, but that would have been a, a nightmare. You know, there was one time I went down there. Somebody, this is early on. Somebody had been exposed to to COVID, so they weren't letting people into the building. So, and it's the other thing. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, the big the big story is going to be. I should talk to them about COVID. COVID was like, you know, it's a, it's another day. This is another thing that we have to deal with. They were being told that all the stuff that we were all being told, you've got to wear a mask, you've got to social distance, you've got to, you know, you've got to wash your hands. You know, if you live in a, you live in a tent, you're sleeping on a bench, where are you going to wash your hands? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we sort of laugh at that, but you know, they, there are others who, a couple I spoke to who, who actually, you know, were in a shelter and somebody in the shelter was exposed to COVID. And so then everybody had to be quarantined in a hotel. I asked the one guy about it. He never caught COVID, but he was like, yeah, you know, I was in a, I was in a hotel room for two weeks. I, you know, I got to watch TV right. <laughs> and they brought me food. So that, that's kind of it. You're right. It's the stuff that we, who are not in their situation, we never, we don't think about this stuff. We didn't, we didn't then. And most of us don't now. And yeah. uh, I think there's something really valuable in having a platform and an opportunity for people who don't normally think about what it's like to be a homeless person, what their lives are like, someone who's experiencing this, whether it was COVID, whether it's now, before, after, we don't think about their lives as anything other than, isn't it terrible? They have no place to take a shower or go to the bathroom on a regular basis. We don't think about everything else in their life that we don't think about their stories and what their lives are like because it doesn't, it doesn't touch all of us in the same way. It opened my eyes in a lot of ways. You know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, I didn't go into it being the type of person that, oh, you know, that had preconceptions about what homeless people were or that they deserved to be there or they didn't want to work or whatever. I didn't have any of those those perspectives. I was kind of hoping that, you know, maybe creating opportunities where we could sort of show to people who might have that point of view that, that these are just, you know, people trying to get, the, do the same thing that you're trying to do every day, you know, figure out where they're going to sleep, figure out where they're going to, you know, get something to eat. If they've got family members, you know, when they're going to see them again, you know, how are they going to take care of them? If they get sick, you know, how are they going to get help? You know, that, there were stories that, that didn't make it into the podcast that I, that I really went back and forth on trying to figure out how to get them in the podcast because they were so interesting, but we'll see. Is there a setup for a second season of this, or are we going to see what happens in the future? We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, I, you know, this I was uh, contracted to do six episodes. I helped them set this up. They wanted to have a platform. Uh, there, there had been a previous uh, podcast that was done by somebody else in 2016, 2017. That so they had audio that was created, and that was much more of a you know, sort of what I was talking about before, a podcast where, and I don't mean this in any bad way, it's a really good podcast. It's just, it's very structured around the issue of homelessness. And I, the thing that appealed to me most was talking to homeless people, hearing their stories, sharing their stories. 
day one, that was the one thing I was most interested in. That's the reason I, I continued to pursue this was that I thought this would be challenging. It would be rewarding. And, and I think it would make really good audio. And I, being as humble as I can, I think this is a, it's some really good stuff. There's some really powerful stuff in here. There are moments in this that I think that I'm really proud of being to, you know, helping to people to share, um, to, to share those experiences. And, and you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm hoping that people will hear this and they will think differently about homelessness. And it touches so many different things in our society. It's, it's a symptom of, of so many different things that are wrong with their society. That being said, there are really kind of, I mean, they're human beings. They have human experiences. And, you know, there are moments of optimism. There are moments of happiness and, and laughter. You know, when I went down there, they, they, these were not people who were felt that they were under, um, under the thumb or, you know, that they couldn't, they weren't heading somewhere that they didn't have. I mean, certainly, yes, there there's some people who had things that they needed help on and that there were problems that they were dealing with, but it's a, like I said, it's a human experience. At the end of the day, that's, that's what I was trying to do. And, you know, I think it succeeded at some level. And I wanted to at least share this. This is something that I did. You know, we did something like this similar when I went by some strange quirk of fate. I ended up going to Tajikistan. Uh, we did a, uh, Nicole and I did a, a podcast like this. And I thought, well, let's do this for this because this is kind of a, again, this is an opportunity for me to put it on a platform that I have to try to reach some uh, readers. Um, and, and maybe not, not waiting for a question, but maybe putting this question out there. It says, what is it that, maybe journalists can take out of this as, as a lesson. And, and do, you, do, you want me, do you want to answer, ask that or you want me to answer that? Let's extend it further than that. Not only what can journalists learn from your experience in this project, but what can the average person who just likes listening to podcasts take away from it? I always encourage people who have an opportunity to do something creative that's a little out of their comfort zone that that's going to challenge them. Uh, you know, I always encourage them to do that because uh, you never know what opportunities are going to open up and what, ex how it's going to affect your life and, and who you are. So I'd say that, you know, if you've got an idea, don't wait around for somebody to, to say, Hey, I can make that idea happen. Look for ways to, to do it. And what was the second half of your question? <laughs> podcast listeners, people who enjoy what listening to podcasts, what they take from this? Um, from the stories that you've collected in these six episodes. I don't know. You know, it, 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 probably nowhere near as technically good as some NPR podcasts, certainly. But I think I think back at some of the other podcasters we've had in our podcast, uh, Joshua Vaughn, who, who mm -hmm. did the podcast about people in prison, giving voice to people who who don't get an opportunity to have their voice be heard. And, and certainly, uh, I think you even touched on it. This, that's something we've talked about, you know, for the last two or three years on the podcast on, on, the, on it's all journalism is, you know, you know, how can we, how can we serve these other, other communities? Well, you know, here's an example of a nonprofit organization that saw the benefit of having a podcast. Maybe there's a, a, a nonprofit organization or, you know, so uh, social support organization advocacy group out there that has a story to tell and you know maybe you can put you in contact with people whose stories aren't being heard and so sometimes journalism is you cover the meeting you get both sides of the meeting you 
cover the basic facts, but sometimes journalism is, all, journalism is also about bringing forward voices that you don't usually hear. And, you know, that's like I said, I mean, there are probably tons of other podcasts out there that address homelessness with probably a lot more success and in depth than what I'm doing. But what I what I did with the help of these uh, the vendors at, at Street Sense was, you know, here's a voice that isn't often heard. Let's uh, let's hear it. And uh, maybe as human beings, as podcast listeners, as receivers of audio information, um, you know, I, whenever I do training, when I when I used to do teach podcasting at American University, one of the first things I always I said was that podcasting is so powerful. It you know we are wired to listen to stories um, from someone's voice because that's the way we were built, and we don't need our eyes. You got your earbuds in your ears, and there's nothing between the the speaker's voice and, and your brain and you know there's an incredible connection that can happen in there and so there are opportunities i think this is going back to journalists there are opportunities to sell to tell very powerful meaningful stories that there is going to give your coverage a lot of depth you know that's the one thing i always tell people about podcasting this is a um this is a medium that has so many possibilities that we've really only kind of tapped into it's not all about just, you know, it's not only just about talking about movies or comic books or, or even like NPR, multi-layered stories and everything. It's, it's, it's really about the human connection and, and finding a way to bring that to people with meaning and with power. And, you know, I, that's what we kind of set out to do. I think there are a couple of episodes we kind of approach that and, you know, I invite people to listen to them and, and uh, judge for yourself. That's all I got to say. If people are compelled to take action and they want to volunteer, do something, help out an organization like Street Sense, uh, is that something that they can do? Do they contact them directly? How do they find out? Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to help Street Sense, certainly you can go to streetsensemedia.org. If you have a, a vendor that you normally support by buying the paper, you can uh, go to the app, put the vendor's name or number in, and put a donation toward them and it was Almost. a way to help the yeah it was a way to help the vendors through the through the pandemic it also i mean they're still using it uh some of them do encourage uh, people that they've built relationships to contribute you know there's a way for people to to contribute uh online you know i certainly uh recommend that you do it street sense has all these other supports that you know, help people sort of get control of their lives and, and transition out of homelessness into, you know, whatever their future is going to be. We did a podcast about a woman who's going back to college and is getting a degree in photojournalism. You know, that's that's a woman who was sleeping on buses uh, at night in order to uh, stay safe. Uh, there's that. But, you know, if you don't want to, to contribute to, to Street Sense, I mean, there are other uh, you know, homeless uh, advocacy groups that are out there in your community who are doing something. If you, if you certainly, if you haven't done stories about them during the pandemic, you should have, because a lot of them were very active in helping homeless people, but also feeding people, because that was the other issue. Uh, DC fortunately has, I don't, th I don't think they have all the answers, but but during the pandemic, a lot of people in the government, a lot of people in the, the private sector stepped up. There were chefs who were making meals. There were hotels that were closed down that opened up their kitchens to other groups to to create meals for 
not not just homeless people, but but families who you know weren't earning any money because they weren't able to go out and do anything. So you know those those types of support systems are out there and programs are out there, and you just you know if you haven't tapped into them as a journalist, sometimes when you're a journalist, you get really kind of focused on your beat and the one thing that you're 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 interested in and in the advancement of your career. But if you're not doing something sometime to make the world better, you're not enriching your soul. And so, yeah, do that. Look for those opportunities. That's what I would say. And there's so many of us who say that we get into this line of work because we want to help people in some way. <laughs> this is a real direct way to do that. You you go to the local agency, you find out where the people are, how you can help them out. You happen to find stories and then you share them. That's, I think, service journalism at its at its core. Yeah, that's the thing that, that, we, that nobody ever talks about when they're demonizing journalism. It's the thing that, that can often have the most power. They talk a lot about the, the watchdog journalism, but the service journalism, definitely. And again, that's stuff that we've we've touched on in many different topics. You know, certainly community journalism. What are, come on, you write these stories up. What it's, uh, Oh, yeah, this is uh, what we did for a long time. Yeah, yeah, expose all of these, you know, <laughs> all of these different uh, uh, social journalism, empathetic, empathetic journalism. Uh, mm-hmm. it's so it's so funny how those words just keep sort of bubbling up, you know, empathy. Yeah. And at the, at the heart, it's all the same. It's finding ways to help the people who live where you live. Yeah. Mike, I thank you for inviting me to have this conversation with you. And I hope that people go to the links that we will be posting and providing to listen to the street sense podcast. And I hope they come away with, uh, with their own questions and also maybe a little bit of hope. Yeah. And hopefully they'll be inspired to do something in their own, uh, careers, their own lives, their own communities. We're all in this thing together, whatever this thing is. We're all human <laughs> beings. We're all human beings. <laughs> is, is, let's share the common human experience. That's right. Thanks. Thanks, Mike.